is keep it spicy. What is the word that actors get? Is it like the Grammys? The Oscars. 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 Oh, yes. Okay. I'm going to say that you're in line to get Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Keep It Spicy. I'm here with my beautiful wife, the one and only Vita. Hello, everybody. I'm Vita. And I'm here with my girl, Shoba, and our special guest today, Edmund Clark. Hello. Edmund, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me on. My name is Edmund Clark, as stated. I'm a professional actor and personal trainer in Toronto. And actually, you're probably the only person I've ever heard outside of Shuba's mom saying Shuba's name as Shuba, like that oh, sort of suppressed. what do you say? Suppressed. <laughs> <laughs> That's suppressed you. I just say Shuba. Shuba? Yeah, yeah. you know, these Americans, they got to go like hard on their vowels. Shuba? <laughs> Shuba, okay, I'll keep that in mind. I'm so excited. I, I yes. have been thinking about this for, I mean, since, since you invited me, uh, I've been thinking about this. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think I could I could sleep well last night because of it. Oh, I, I'm so glad. Tell our listeners how, Edmund, how do you know me? Funny story, Shuba in my first year, in our first year of university, stalked both me and my, my other buddy around that was campus. Not, that was not me. You were part of the group. <laughs> uh, later on, not so much during the first year, but uh, towards maybe the latter half of it, we started hanging out more and then we became roommates in our second year of university. We lived in this roach-infested apartment. <laughs> Oh. Shuba had the honor of sharing the same bathroom as me. We've been living with each other. Unfortunately, due to the quarantine, we're a bit separated. But where you know, are you right now? Tell our I'm in I'm in uh, Ottawa right now with family. All yeah. right, and then um, yeah. So for everybody listening, Edmund and I, we do still live together. We're still we're he's my best friend, and as as we all know, Vita's my wife. Oh. So they're they're meeting on this episode. So all of you get to bear witness. So before we start, um, we're this episode is actually inspired by this book by Aziz Ansari. For those of you who don't know, he's an American. He's an Indian American, which is very different from American Indian by the way. He's an Indian American uh, comedian and he wrote this book. He's in Parks and Rec. He's in uh, Master of None. Master yeah. of None. Thank you. And he wrote this book called Modern Romance, which I read, I think I read it all the way back in 2016 or 2015. Edmund, do you remember? I do remember. Yeah. So this episode is kind of inspired by that. So we're going to be talking a little bit about romance and not to a modern romance. So before we start, do you guys have a quarantine boyfriend or girlfriend? Basically, it's kind of like a friends with benefits. For the kids. Except, <laughs> except there's no friends, like there's no benefits. Like you're not physically. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be a part. It's just like somebody that you would not ordinarily narrowly date but because of the quarantine and your hormones and like the loneliness you're like all right i'm gonna hit this person up every single day and just chat with them and that's all you get to do with them just talk right because yeah I, yeah I, I saw in a meme hey, I mean, where anything that goes down in the quarantine you know it's just because everyone's bored <laughs> so don't, yeah. take, don't take it personally but yeah, no, I mean, um, I have a certain set of hosts, you know. Oh, you have some quarantine boyfriends? That's, a, that's right. Did I she do. just say a set? 
many? Yeah, how many reps? Give us how many? I don't even have count at this point, you know? Oh, wow. Just increasing day by day. Wow. Okay, sorry. Back to Aziz and his book. So basically, I'll give you guys a little premise of the book. It started out with Aziz meeting this girl at a party and, you know, they were vibing really well and then they hooked up. I think they hooked up in New York or wherever he was and she left. He really liked her and he thought, oh my gosh, like, you know, we're, I really hit it off with her. Like, I really think there's a connection. I want to, like, see this girl again. You know, I want to pursue her. But he was like, how do I go about this? So he starts by just sending her this text message and, like, invited her out to, like, a show or something that they had talked about. And this girl, she leaves him on read. So he sees that message has been seen. So a day goes by, two days go by, and he, he starts overthinking. He's like, damn, was I, like, adding too many exclamation points in my, like, hi? Like, he starts overthinking everything. And that's <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> yeah, that's how he basically came up with this book. So it's kind of like, think of it as like a case study, but funny. It's like a case study made by a comedian, right? So there's like, he'll give you all this like data and then kind of give you his take on it, which of course is really funny. So he does it with this sociologist called Eric Klinenberg. For everybody to know, um, the research was done, uh, and he's an NYU prof, by the way, Eric. And the research, the sample studies, the focus groups, all of all of this happened in 2013 and 2014, by the way. So that's where the stats are based off of. So yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about what Aziz talks about as well. And we're, gonna, we're also going to be referring to the book a little bit. I just wanted to ask, like, what's everybody's type? Since we're talking about romance, you know, what are you, what are oh, you okay. drawn to? Physically? Yes. Or, like, are we talking <laughs> physically or like character-wise? A couple of both. Non-physical traits and of course a couple of physical traits. Of course I like my apple bottoms. I'm from Georgia, <laughs> by the way. I'm from the States, so... <laughs> hey. Yeah, give give Florida Georgia a shout out. All those from Miami and Savannah. I tend to I tend to look for a, a very bitchy look. Just the sharp eyebrow, proud chin, you know, the one that kinda overlooks the crowd in the club. It's like I'm looking for something better. That's the one I'm kinda oh drawn towards, you know. Okay. But I mean personality wise, I do like somebody that can contend and somebody that is willing to challenge and promote discussion. I definitely do enjoy those who are a bit more outgoing in what they talk about and a bit more daring in what they say. Okay, he likes them intellectuals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So looks-wise, I like my men with broad shoulders, nice eyes. Just so lips. everyone knows, I have pretty broad shoulders. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, oh, I like I like me some booty too. Like you know, how to have 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 to have something to grab onto. So yeah. men. Work on your booties, do them squats. Character-wise, I like them very, like, confident, um, but not cocky, just, like, confident and respectful. And just passionate about, like, things that they love in life, like career and, like, other hobbies and stuff that they, like, look forward to doing. Like, you know, I like men with substance. I, yeah, I do like them. I like them with them thick ass. Like, I, mm. yeah, I like a man that works on his lower body. I have a thing with hands. Like, I don't like men with, like, feminine, dainty hands and fingers. You know, I want them with, like, nice man hands that looks like they do work. You want <laughs> like, someone to choke your shit out. I'm thinking of, like, Hulk, <laughs> nope. like, his hands. <laughs> yeah, I just want a man whose hair, because it's also, like, I guess, because, like, I don't have very feminine hands. Like, mine are very stubby and, like, coarse. So, like, if, if mm. like, a man has, like, feminine, soft fingers, it's kind of like a turnoff because it's kind of like what work have you ever done hey it's okay if you have feminine soft fingers that's totally fine you know mm. but that's just not for me that doesn't stand out to me yeah nice eyes and nice smile this is something i did not know about myself but i think like teeth matter to me and i only know this now because like you know when you're going on dates and stuff there's been times where like when the person smiles and their teeth aren't that great not again not that there's anything wrong with it because i like had crap teeth growing up i think that's where it came from because like my teeth were so bad growing up 
and I have mm-hmm. like I had braces and like surgery to fix them so now mm-hmm. I like unconsciously also look at people's teeth so I think teeth also kind of kind of matters to me personality wise yeah I like a man who's driven I like him open-minded if they're narrow-minded and like just downers I don't I like people like uplifting men men you know who are like driven who are passionate or ambitious and then yeah who are willing to like try new things or adventurous yeah the ones that are in fairy tales right (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what your love language is or your love languages are okay so for our viewers um basically the five love language the five love languages it's a book by gary chapman he basically believes that five love languages exist the way people express love or the way people like to receive love so there's five of them there's physical contact so that doesn't just mean like sex like it could also just be like being in close proximity to them like just holding hands like that type of physical contact there's words of affirmation so telling them you know like you you're beautiful or you mean so much to me or whatever there's quality time so just spending uninterrupted quality time with them where you give them your whole attention there's gifts where you know you buy them an ipod or whatever um and then there's acts of service where like things like you know you do their laundry for them you cook dinner for them so those are the five love languages in which people either express love or like to receive love so yeah let's start with edmund what's what are your love languages the two highest both at 10 would be acts of service and quality time and then going down from there a five for physical touch. Like I, I do enjoy intimate moments, but it's not something that I really ever want to be a defining characteristic for my relationships. Wow. I yeah. know. Yeah, yes, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, the next one would be words of affirmation. Words of affirmation, I think, are necessary when, when they're due, but not something I really want to be overloaded with or putting out too much of. I think it just takes away from it uh, when it's like just so constant. Like A lot of people give themselves words of affirmation, and sometimes I feel, well, maybe it's a bit oversaturated, but part of a group chat, or several group chats, not the quarantine's happening, but part of one group chat where all they do is just compliment each other and as I'm sitting there sending memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing for me is receiving gifts at a one. He doesn't like receiving gifts because he doesn't want to feel obligated to give give one back. I'll give you my acts of service. Like if you need to move somewhere, hey, for free, I'll, I'll help you move that mm-hmm. couch or anything. Um, mine are like in order, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, and then receiving oh gosh, gifts at the end. physical touch is all the way there for you it's like well, yeah because like I'm not like a oh my god when Chuba was visiting she'd always be like girl hold my hands like hold me like I love holding her I love you girl but like I'm a sweaty person you know like I don't like to be like in proximity to people like distant like the social distance it's perfect I'm like yes yeah, like people in the grocery stores like they used to like rub their boobs and stuff all over me when they're walking by and I'm like no 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 like stay away <laughs> Um, Vita's like, we need this pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can we keep this going on? But um, yeah, no, quality time is definitely important for me. I think like that, yeah, like I want to be able to do cool stuff with you. And, you know, oh, okay. Yeah. What about you, girl? Mine, as you mentioned, yeah, I think the top two would be quality times, so obviously getting to spend time with them and have their attention mm-hmm. and physical touch. And for those of you pervs listening, physical touch does not just like, it means like yeah, just being sitting beside them or like holding their hand or like putting my arm on theirs and like whoa, yes, whoa, 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 whoa! To all I those know, pervs out rain. there, help help Shuba out right now. <laughs> we all need some physical touch. Yeah, you know what? I, I mean, I wouldn't invite them over because I don't want to get the corona. 
Actually, I shouldn't say that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after after physical touch and quality time, then it's like words of affirmation. It comes soon after um, because like, again, I agree with Ed where like you don't have to say that all the time and I don't expect to hear that all the time. But every once in a while, like, yeah, I do want to hear it. Like when it's due, I would like to hear it. Like, bitch, appreciate yeah. every now and every now and then. But um, I guess it's not at the top because like to me, like also actions speak louder than words, you know? So it's mm-hmm. kind of just like, if you're, yeah, if you're being physically close to me and, like, you're also just giving me your undivided attention, then that's, that's fine. But, yeah, words of affirmation come soon after. And then ser- acts of service after that. And then, actually, I don't know, but I think acts of service and gifts are, like, some, they're stashed away at the bottom. Back to how this book, so the focus groups that were, were used or, like, basically it was done in NY, so in New York City, in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. in Wichita, in Monroe, in... I don't know if I'm saying this right, Buenos Aires? No, nobody, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, there, (laughs) Tokyo, Paris, and Doha. And if you actually see Aziz's, um, his Netflix show, like the one he did in Madison Square Garden, I think that's where he did it. He talks a lot about the same stuff that he talks about in the book. So I think he was traveling and I'm assuming he was also shooting for a show during this time. So he's doing all of like everything simultaneously. One of the first things that he talks about in the book is marriage so, and how like marriage has changed. Like if he, if you were to ask your, your parents or your grandparents why they got married and their ideas of marriage, I'm pretty sure it's different from what yours are. So that, what do you look for in a marriage? And well, how do you think the ideas of marriage have changed? Well, I'll, I'll address the second question. I, I do think that nowadays people are starting to become, a lot of things are becoming more accepting. Open sex, different uh, sexualities, perceptions of what it, like bonds, I guess, what it means to be in a relationship. A lot more people are opening themselves up to spectrums that weren't really, I guess, permitted mm-hmm. during certain times socially. And I think that versus where my grandparents grew up, right? I mean, they're still together to this day, cute as ever. I, I don't know. I just feel as though maybe something like, not saying that my par- my grandparents were going to do this, but something like divorce was just very much that like you're, no, you're in it. <laughs> no, yeah. no, di- no divorce. But divorce is like very taboo. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I'm a very big his- history buff. So when I think of marriage, I think of its roots. I like to think of things at its, at its roots and how it was just a coming of two families as opposed to, oh, this person loves this or whatever. It's like, no, the, you know, you'll marry my daughter and we can both share sheep. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I totally so, agree. Yeah. yeah. For right now, I have no, I guess, inkling towards marriage. It's not something that I think should be a, I guess, a, a symbol of, of love or bond. I think there's a lot of things that are a bit kind of convoluted about it. Things that just kind of are expected, but aren't really realistic. What if you marry somebody and it's just not what marriage is sort of described to be, where you're supposed to be this in this constantly happy state. I mean, you see it in media all the time. It's like, it's, you got married, they've been together for 10 years, and it's like, well, you only show one side of it, right? Mm-hmm. And in a mm-hmm. picture, you can say, I don't know, a thousand different words about it, where it's this great thing, this grand thing, but then there's another side to it where you're with this person for 10 years and, you know, you have to share the same... Uh, like, I farted yesterday with my sister in the room and she got pissed. <laughs> <laughs> right? Your farts stink, Edmund. Like, I would get... I get too. But, I mean, am I making sense? No, no, you are making sense. I think what you're trying to go at is, like, you... Or what it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you think marriage is, like... Like, you don't have to be in a marriage to get all these things that marriage basically promotes or just, yeah you know what i'm saying like you you, yeah. you get all of that from not being in a marriage so marriage like, i'm assuming to you just means like you found somebody that you're happy with yeah uh, well I, i'll just say this what i'm looking for is a is a partner right is mm-hmm. somebody who's gonna take this company called life with me to the top 
that's me. But what about you guys? So I think like I agree with Ed where like marriage, this is addressing like what, you know, how the ideas of marriage, or, like marriage has changed, which is like when our parents got married, like my parents had an arranged marriage and so did their parents and so did their parents. Because like the society in India is all about like, yeah, connecting families and bringing wealth together. And I think like in the North, they're a bit more about, they look more at like wealth, like how much wealth the girl or the boy can bring to the family and the whole family combined. And in the South, it's a little bit more on education. So like how qualified or how educated is she? If you were a millionaire, I mean, we like with millionaires too. We're South Indian, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I feel like that would, at least to my parents, I can tell you this. If you were to bring over like somebody who's like, yeah, just a millionaire, but not very educated versus somebody who who's, has a P, who's studying for their PhD, my parents would go with the PhD. They would tell me to pick that mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what marriage, and, and now it doesn't seem like that as much. It's still... Like, yeah, we still do want to get married to somebody who is qualified and who does, you know, who's driven and ambitious in that sense. I think now also, like, especially like our generation, we're, we're not as into, not all, I know that there are people are, but we're not as into like the whole joint family system of living with your whole family. So the yeah. idea of marrying somebody for connecting the whole two families is less prominent right now. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Because I do know that there are a lot of people who still do it that way and also who are even younger than me. So I'm more you younger. About, you're talking about in the States? Like in North no, America? No, in India. Or? India where like they still do want to bring somebody in that will enrich the whole family you know what I'm saying and we're also very very young as well um, same age as Edmund and like I also don't think I want to get married but if I were to get married it would be with somebody who like has like the same long-term goals as me has the same values as me I think yeah if I would get married it's because I want some (laughs) I do for financial (laughs) she would want somebody she would want somebody to do a a trx workout with her (laughs) and pay for her house (laughs) like at the end of the day like i do believe that like i don't want to become i don't ever as much as i like would want somebody to get like as much as i would want to marry somebody for like financial reasons i also don't want to depend on them financially does that make sense like it's kind of just like if i need money to buy a house for example it's so much easier with a partner that has it's like the money to do that but at the same time i am independent i'm a strong independent woman so it's like i'm not marrying them because i want their money i like i have my own money but i'm marrying them because the money that they could provide would enrich like both of our lives together if that makes sense yeah no my dad he he had my my dad had told me you know at the time i wasn't very i hadn't really had a long-term relationship or anything so i didn't really get under understand what he was getting at and to me it just sounded as though he was you know man, that doesn't sound real or that sounds maybe like you're you're being too dismissive. But yeah, yeah, he was saying, you know, I want somebody that can take care of themselves, that can pay for themselves. And financial stuff Mm -hmm. is a very big thing. And when I got into a long-term relationship, it's like, oh yeah, finances are something, especially when you're out of university. It's like finances are a big thing to really consider. A hundred percent. Also, also, I'm not trying to be like a pessimist or anything, but like, you don't know if your marriage is going to last. So like, I don't ever want to be, God forbid, in that position where like, if I do get married and it doesn't last, where I'm like, oh, fuck, I have no more money now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's, that's also another reason. Um, But yeah. So so you're not, you're not having your man sign a prenup? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, wait, if he signs a prenup, yeah, that means I would get him to sign a prenup. That means like, if we do divorce, he can't take my money, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even want to get married, so I haven't thought that far, but (laughs) maybe, yeah. Um, But yeah. Well, I I mean, you'd you'd have, you'd probably be able to take his money. I mean, you'd probably be at more of an advantage. 
You yeah. would get more money. You guys, would, you guys would think I would be. Wow, I'm so flattered. Yeah, no, the girl no, always, no, get, no, no, the yeah, girl the girl. always gets money, girl. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, anyway. yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about you. What are what do you okay. think? Um, I think for sure, like with how Ed was talking, like the purpose of marriage, like was I think to preserve powers and like also your uh, place in society. Like you know, before it was always like, oh, marry my daughter to like a man who was in a good position, blah blah blah. But now it's more of like oh finding like a friend and like real love in like your husband or wife in terms I think also like not to be dark but like I feel like in our age like people are also like getting married to like fill a void yeah they're like oh I'm lonely like I need a person but like just because you're married doesn't make you like not lonely just because you have someone doesn't mean your emotional problems are gone yes um, so I feel like we're like in a very dark era in that kind of sense. But I mean, like, yeah, there's a lot of like happy marriages as well. Um, and in terms of like what I look forward to a message, simple terms, I just want like a funny, responsible friend. Um, and someone Aww. wants to like, yeah. Responsible, responsible. That's, right. That's a big one. It's honestly <laughs> um, a big one. Yeah, yeah, I don't want any kid. Like, I'm a kid. You need to take care of me. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Responsibility and accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Switching gears. Like, what is, like, the most common way you guys meet people now? Enlighten so, us. It's not by Bumble or Tinder or any of those online uh, hookup or dating apps. I strongly, I've been on them, but I strongly uh, dislike them, displeasure them. Anyway, how I usually meet people is outside. I met somebody at a restaurant. I meet somebody, people, people at the gym. Oh, the gym. You've picked up a lot of girls there. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that's about my, that. That's my fucking kid. <laughs> 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 Definitely, I've always found my success in meeting other people, getting to know them outside of whatever online do you meet them through, like, family, friends, school, church, like, a bar? You know, funny enough, I don't really meet too many through friends. Not not too many. I'm kind of against middlemen. I think it's, you know, if you want Did something, you go get it yourself. you friend, remember? <laughs> guys lying. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I was about to, y'all looking at her like <laughs> you, you did date my friend I'm not gonna say her name remember <laughs> <laughs> all right so okay, I'll, give it, I'll give it to you no, though no, just no. one person just one yeah person. exactly like I said it's not too often that that happens because I mean I do have a I trust Shuba but I do have this sort of disdain for one online apps and middlemen not through family though I've had family members like when I go down to the set, when I go down south to visit my dad, he's a preacher at a church, mm-hmm. and some of the some of the, he talks about me and my sister, and he shows them pictures of me, and they all want. Oh, that's <laughs> they, so cute. They, they all they all want me to get with their granddaughters. So. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad's looking out for me down there. Yeah, you know what? Funny enough, I meet a lot of Americans. Like a, like a lot of I talk with a lot of American girls up here in Canada that you know in my head I didn't think they were American when I first met them, uh, but there just seems to be this magnetic force to American meet outside of you know yes. the, home, the home country. It's like yo, you're American. <laughs> it's that alpha energy. Yeah. <laughs> We don't it's care like, what we say. You know what no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like such a hit or a miss. I feel like it's either like get along so well or you just don't get along at all. Yeah, yeah. no, I've missed the States. So I would say like you've met most of them like at the gym or like at a restaurant. Yeah, no, not too many. Uh, more so at the gym because, well, one, I work at a gym. I work out at the gym a lot, mm-hmm. five, six days out of the week. So it just I think it's just kind of natural that I meet a lot of people oh, from there. And then in school. So basically, yeah, they're all in school as well. Yeah, yeah. And through when, well, yeah, when I was in university, uh, 
through class or parties. Gotcha. Yeah. So interestingly enough, before we, Vita and I jump into like what, how we meet people, in Aziz's book, he talks about how like, so I'm going to give you guys some statistics and it's actually kind of interesting because like in 1940, he basically found that 24%, so basically ev- most of the people met uh, like their partner or like their spouse or like whatever, whoever, through family, friends, mm-hmm. and then school. So it's like 24% family, 21% friends, 21% school. And then through neighbors and then like church bar. When you jump to like 2010, most of them meet their potential spouse or like romantic partner through friends at a bar and then a 22% online. And then it's like 2% church, 2% school, barely no family, no neighbors, no school, no church, maybe a little here and there in college and a couple through coworkers. I think now it's changed a bit more. I feel like a lot of people now find them at online and through like school like university or yep. college or whatever Vita, what's what's the most common place that you like how do you meet people i would say school and friends like i'm um, not like through friends but more like gatherings that friends throw and like you know like small parties not like big blown stuff but yeah it's just that like and like maybe outside stuff but definitely not the bar like i feel like people i meet there it never works out it doesn't go far what about you i have met a lot of them online and then yeah through friends like i'll go somewhere with like my friend and then one of their mm-hmm. friends somebody that i will Thank you. yeah but you, you know what, what? Oh, i i just have to ask with the swipe right app, yeah what is it that catches your eye like right off the bat i think if they're like insanely cute because i mean i don't know if it's just my area but like there's really like a lot of ugly people here no offense i mean i think everyone's <laughs> pretty but like <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but like also like i think if even if they're like mediocre looking if they're doing something fun or like like being interesting or like silly then i'm like oh they have a personality and they're just not like showing me their abs i want like content like i want personality you know i think just being funny and like doing fun stuff like that yeah no yeah at least least asks that to people in his book it's actually really funny people in japan like in their dating profiles they put like rice cookers and stuff so it doesn't work for everybody but i guess here in north america like usually you'll get somebody to take a second look at you if you have like a picture like an outdoorsy picture so basically you doing something fun and adventurous and then of course like a very well put together picture and Mm -hmm. then you got to switch it up yeah you're exactly what vita said like they look they're looking for content they're trying to see you in different angles of yourself because they're trying to imagine themselves with you like okay would i do this activity with this person like vita's right like a a lot of people are not that cute so it's just like (laughs) when when you go through a list of people that are so uncute the ones that are even a little bit cute stand out so that's why you're able to stop but I think for me personally since it's online it's so superficial right so I automatically stop to look at somebody that's exactly my type on paper obviously I am more open-minded like if you look at the guys that I've dated not all of them are exactly my type right because I have to actually talk to them interact with them and that's how I started liking them but if I'm looking at it online then like yeah you can't actually talk to them right it's like it's all superficial so it's just like on paper who am I what am I usually like typically attracted to that's what makes me swipe right on them yeah take Vita's words with a grain of salt this girl yeah she's the type to like match a 10 hoes talk to all and then when they when they're like let's meet won't meet any of them so like take it with a grain of salt also say you've met your person you're somebody that you're interested in whatever you whatever how do you ask people out on a first date Edmund, let's start with you. What's the, what do you do? Do you ask them in text? Do you ask them in person? Do you ask them over social media? Like what, what's the platform? How do you ask them out on their First, I hyperventilate. (laughs) 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 That's usually over, over text. Over text? Okay. What about you, Vita? The first ask. Have you, first of all, do you even, I don't ask. (laughs) The sperm swings to the egg, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, no, actually, like if I see someone in like public, like I will go talk to them. But, like, I will not ask them to, like, I will wait for them to ask me. Yeah, I just wait for them to initiate. Okay, it's worked out. 
how have you been initiate? How have people asked you? It's usually the first time is in person, and then like once we've hung out a little bit, like then it's through text. Oh, like, through text. Yeah. Okay. So in this, basically, again, this is interesting because so basically in 2013, Match.com did a survey, but this again, this is the sample size is from from Americans in LA and New York. They asked the people, you know, if you were asking someone out on a first date or just like the first ask, what's the method of communication that you would most likely use? And people that were over 30, most of them, it was either like a phone call or face-to-face so like 52 percent 28 percent and then barely any of them so like eight percent and seven percent would text them or send them an email but under the kids under 30 most of them either ask them face-to-face or through a text message and then through a phone call none of them ask through email it's a it's a comfort thing in my opinion it's you know, you're not faced with this face, you know, mm-hmm. anything that could be personified. You're faced with messages, words, and there's this disconnect from a distance and you're not hearing the voice or the inflections that are spoken when you're in front of somebody or even over the phone. I think it's a, a lot of the younger generations are, one, very comfortable with technology and two, a lot more to themselves than, yeah. as opposed to, you know, older generation. And, you know, it does tick me off a bit when I, when I do ask some girls out over text. If I knew if it was going to be this successful, I might as well have done it in person, make myself stand out more. I think what you mean by like they're to themselves means they're not as confident. They don't put themselves out there. They're too afraid. Like, or is that what you're trying to go get at? Or yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. It's easier. Even if it's not that it's just easier to do, do it over text to mm-hmm. swipe right on somebody over an app. It's just, yeah. No, that, like even Aziz, like in his book, like he has this quote, like he says, um, younger women like express like terror at the thought of like a traditional phone call. Just hearing that makes them think of like anxiety and like emergency. And like he dwells into this uh, interview with Sherry Turkle and she's like the social psychologist at MIT. She basically says that like younger individuals, they take time to gather their thoughts through text, but like struggle to make it feel, um, real and like have a real-time conversation yeah. and like she uses she said this phrase that stood out to me she was like the muscle and damn in your what brain. You, did your research girl <laughs> Yes. Like she said that the muscle in our brain that helps us with spontaneous conversation are getting less exercise in the text filled yep. world. I'm like, yes, like that makes so much sense. Like I call up my grandma and like, we'll have nothing to talk about. Like, but still the lady comes up with like so many stories. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, some like I'll be sitting with my friends who haven't met them in like a couple of months and they're all like on their phones texting and like, you know, we're like, oh, look at this Instagram video. Like, you know, like where is the content people, you know, I feel yeah. like our generation just lacks that ability to make like spontaneous conversation i was uh, i was speaking to my to my sister about it she knows somebody who you know when they're talked to in person mm-hmm. they're very to themselves shy not very sure oh but sorry say. by the way tell us a little yeah. bit about your sister like to, how many siblings do you have what's the age difference so that our, our listeners oh, so yeah so my sister she's she's 19 just one sibling just her and i she knows this person who over social media they're a whole other person whole other beast right so they'll say whatever they <laughs> yeah. want they'll, they'll do whatever they can because there's that they don't have to actually no- face people yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, like, the fear of rejection, I would say. It's like, oh, if they say something, what am I going to say back? Mm-hmm. Um, I would guess so. But, yeah, so, so say you've done your first ask. Do you play the waiting game? So say somebody gives you your number or you get somebody's number. Do you play the whole – is it, like, three days waiting? or if they, if they give it to me, I give it back. If they play with him, he'll play if with they, yeah, Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's had the idea or the, the, the feeling to, to not message them when they – or when they willingly want to give a number or willingly want to receive a number. I don't think anyone's ever had that. Uh, I really don't want to message them until next week, right? So for me, I always like to act on that feeling. It's like, I don't, I don't want to play around. Like in one of my relationships, you know, I was playing like little games like that. And they said, look, I'm too old for that. 
mm-hmm. you know, it's, <laughs> I'm not, it's I'm not about that, honestly. Yeah. And I thought, I thought, you know, I don't have time for that either. If they're mm-hmm. interested, then we'll talk. So I don't like to do it. And I don't initially go for that. But if it's, if I, you know, as soon as I get the number, I message them, try to message them that night. If they do the waiting game with me, then I'm, I'm just going to have, I'm just going to have to do it back. What about you, Vita? Do you play the waiting game? No, absolutely not. I don't do it. If they do it to me, I just cut them out. I'm like, I don't need you in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I like, and I don't have time like for this. Like, I have so much things to do. And if I am taking a long time to reply, I will genuinely like, I'll, I'll just be like busy right now. Text you later. I've done that to you. Like, you know, like I I just let them acknowledge it that like I'm busy but I'll get back to you later and I expect the same like if someone tells me like oh like you know it's been crazy busy I'm sorry I'm like okay like I get it like you know I'm human too we're all humans like but if they're purposely making me wait I'm like no you don't deserve this bomb pussy like "Mm -mm, bye That's the girl yeah. who doesn't give it to them anyways. <laughs> hey, if I'm like serious, then like, you know, like I will eventually, but like. You gotta you know, climb I, that staircase. That's right, brother. yeah. <laughs> privilege, I'm privilege. You don't just get me. I think same, yeah. I don't like playing the waiting game. If if it's somebody, I hate slow texters. I'm gonna say that right now. Honestly, like I told, I hate slow texters. I don't think I can be with somebody that's a slow texter. I dated a slow texter. And while I was dating him, I remember thinking, okay, you know what? It's I started making excuses in my head for him but like after we're, after we're done dating i was like you know what Fuck this like, no. yo um, word of advice for any guy who out there who ends up dating shuba you know she hates slow speakers too so. oh my god yeah yeah, yes, yeah. So. i'm a very impatient person which again is like it's a that that i have and I, I am trying to work on that but it's like yeah, dudes who are not just dudes, people, girls too, who are just like going on and on without really, you know, they're talking, but they're not really saying anything. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. well, I'm getting, I'm going off topic. <laughs> but, you know, I don't play the waiting game. I mean, yeah, I used, I think I played it a little bit when I was like just starting, when I just started dating in university. Yeah, but now, but now I'm just kind of like, even if they take seven hours to reply to me, I, I won't wait seven hours to text them back. Like, fuck, like, yeah, I really just like don't have time for that. Like, I'll text them back anyways. And then if, if, and then some people really are just slow texters, so that's why they do. And then if, if it's more so because I'm getting vibes that they're they're trying to like make me wait or whatever, then it's like at one point it's like you know what, like yeah, I just like I will still reply yeah. to them, but just very like short, very I'll be very mm-hmm. short with them. Like okay, cool, bye. Like one word answers because it's kind of just like if you're not interested enough to give me the time of day, then like I'm not gonna give you the same. So it's like yes. you know, tell them. For sure. <laughs> yeah, we don't got time for that. You know, gotta gotta. gotta some of the. Some of the worst moments I've had were when I received that sort of behavior over text mm-hmm. when we had already established that we'd be meeting up. And mm-hmm. so I'm not afraid to double text. We made plans. It's like, yo, so am I leaving the house or not? And I've learned from past mistakes. So I've gone all the way downtown. And I live 45 minutes away from downtown just to meet up with a girl after messaging her maybe twice and then not receiving anything after we had planned the day prior beat up mm. that that following that following oh my afternoon. god i'm trying Dang. to think of which girl this is i've Dang. gone all the way downtown i've walked around downtown I'm waiting for the text i'm like you know what i think i just got fucking played oh. wait you got stood up she stood you up hell yeah i mean we dated oh later on what a <laughs> oh i know this bitch i know you this know. bitch oh. <laughs> yeah. oh. i'm so mad fucking but now 
now now if i if i if that happens if we made plans and then the next day right it's time for the plan to happen i start sending texts and they don't start receiving it i'm not leaving my fucking house until i get mm-hmm. a text so now now we've 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 found people to meet we've done we've made the first ask edmund how do you or like both all of us how do you win them on the first date like how do you get them to come back you know how do you how do you keep that excitement up there where you're like I like I think this person likes me enough to want to do it again with me. three major things I'm trying to recall the third one but I know the first one is <laughs> I know the first one is uh, you know making them laugh and you know when somebody is giving you a half-assed laugh as opposed to somebody who is genuinely laughing at what you're saying mm-hmm. I think laughter is huge as Vita said that's a plus even if you're a you know, ug mug. Yes. And then, uh, and then second, I don't kiss on the first date. Oh. Like, I think, I think that's something that should be, if, if I want them to come back and mm-hmm. it's, it's something that if they do come back, I will be willing to do. It's like a symbolic revealing when you give them a kiss on the first date. It's like, maybe you reveal too much too fast. Like in my eyes, it kind of displays different qualities. Like you're not very self-controlled or my mm-hmm. biggest thing is that if they come back, they enjoyed the quality time that you had, yes. <laughs> then, you know, they'll come back and that's your affirmation. And then the third one. You forgot. Did I, did I mention laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Have a fucking car. <laughs> no, I agree. I like. I definitely think like making jokes is like important. But that's because like I, you know, I like comedy, so I like that. Also important to be yourself. Like, why would I want to pretend some like to be someone else and like get them back when like that's not even me? You know. So I think it's important that you like be yourself in the process of like. And then I think another important thing is like being vulnerable on a date, like in the sense that like don't be afraid to like open up. My I, I don't know. Like obviously don't get like super dark with them on the first date, but like have open conversations with them. Get real. Like yeah. So yeah. I think those are stuff. What about you, girl? I think yeah, for sure. Um, definitely they have to make me laugh, but yeah. They gotta- I think of people that have won me over oh yeah this goes back to what aziz was saying yeah if they do something that showcase like a generous like showcases characteristics that i like which is like you know generous charismatic like open-minded mm-hmm. then like for sure even if like i'm not attracted to them a lot like i would want to go out with them again because i'm like all right this person's cool i can i can i like that but, yeah making me laugh honestly if you pay for my first date i i yeah I'll, I'll probably come with you for the second one not because i want you to pay for my second one i'll pay for the second one but it shows me that like and we're, we'll talk about this later about paying for the first date but if i have to pay yeah. for my own meal on the first date no matter how fucking charismatic you are you're not getting a second date with me <laughs> um, but um but like aziz was talking about in his book he brought up a study by this guy called arthur aaron and it basically in the study arthur so the, in the study the guy asks 60 couples to partake in three different activities so the first type of activities are like adrenaline filled you know like adventurous like skydiving or hiking or like something that's completely out of the ordinary like something that's that takes you out of your comfort zone the other was like more pleasant activities like going to dinner going to a movie you know not as adrenaline filled and then the third was like just literally just being in each other's company so sitting in a couch and talking and of course you all know where I'm going before I even get there it's like the couples that did the more exciting activities they found there to be better relationship quality so Aziz says this in his book and I actually from experience I also agree that like do something the best way to win them over is to take them or do something that's out of both of your comfort zones so for example I can give you so many examples like my first date with some with my ex-boyfriend well it wasn't exactly crazily out of my comfort zone but he took me to um marina bay sands in singapore which was like this big hotel i hadn't been there yet that was the first time i went with him i was like oh my gosh this is really exciting that somebody would want to take me here i've been on a date with a guy who on his first date he let me drive his car his mom's car which I don't I think would I would, never I mean, do you, that. Would, you wouldn't let me drive your car. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. things like that where it's like he 
it's def I mean, it's not, these are not things that are crazy, uh, crazily out of your comfort zone, but it's like, wow, mm -hmm. it's like, this is something that is like, I'm getting excited because like, wow, I get to drive this boy's mom's car. You know what I'm saying? And it was fun. Yeah. And like, so things like that are like, basically like do something that's out of, that will take them out of their comfort zone. Like take them to, I haven't been to like, um, a roller, what do you, like, do you call that an amusement park? Wonderland? Yeah. 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 Park. yeah. Like an amusement park or like, you know, like something that's like, I haven't been there for a first date. I've only been there with my friends, but like, I think that's a great example of like an activity you can do. Cause it's like, it's something that is exciting and mm -hmm. like, you know, it, it basically pushes both of you out of your comfort zone, which will yeah. break, it'll really help with breaking the barriers and the ice. So I think that's a very, that's a suggestion Aziz has in his book. And I think yeah. that's also like something, um, yeah, that's something that's worked with me. Like all these people that have done exciting things with me. Just going off of like being exciting and challenging. I think if you're not comfortable with roller coasters, even if you did something small scale, like you did go out to restaurants, and this goes back to like, if somebody's gonna step into your sphere, then they need mm -hmm. to know that this is what they're getting into. An example of what I'm getting at is like me, I usually take on like an interrogator role. Of course, mm -hmm. I, do it in a, I do it in a charming manner. But, <laughs> right, you don't wanna scare them off, but you definitely mm -hmm. wanna question, like you wanna find out their principles and their morals. Right. I think that's another way you can get things really exciting. It's like, like what, what is your stance on this? And mm -hmm. you know, be offhanded. Yeah. And like, it's also interesting because um, they did a study in 1973 and where Donald Dutton and Arthur Aaron like studied sexual attraction and they found that the sexual attraction can transpire from like fear induced from arousal. It, like it emerges like when you're like in fear like because if you're like in when you're sweating because of something yeah like though you mix those like signals and you think that oh the per actual person's making my heart beat faster you know so like it oh right you, yeah like you basically misattribute like your feelings towards yeah. them and so it works out in your favor so yeah like scare them take them to a horror movie that's, yeah. why, that's why that's why you got to do the things that scare and excite you at the same time these are like life principles yes people take notes we're preaching out here yes. <laughs> so what are the so during the stages of dating and I think Edmund and I are of the same opinion here. I think Vita is a little, I could be wrong, you're a little different. When does dating become exclusivity? You have to verbalize it. You know that yeah. saying? You like, that what saying do you mean? When, you know that, <laughs> I thought he was going to say something big and he was like, get to verbalize it. <laughs> you have to ver Honestly, you have to verbalize it. I don't believe in people who have been together for months and haven't said shit about it, right? Mm -hmm. It's 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 that saying where you know speak it out into the universe and it'll happen. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. I'm not a proponent for universal thinking. Like you know I'm gonna rely on the universe for this. Oh, you mean that. like manifestation? Yeah, right. <laughs> but but I mean I can admire bits and pieces of it. But honestly, verbalize it, especially in my experience with girls. It's mm -hmm. it's just there's this this comfort and this confidence, more so reassurance that comes when you verbalize it, when you show the act and you put words to it as well. So the words to the action and the actions to the words as Hamlet so lovely says in Shakespeare. Ooh, guys, his boy is an actor, by the way. He's about to get Grammys, is it? On Oscar. the, uh, oh, Grammys. Oscars. I keep saying Grammys. It's for like singing. Okay, Oscars. I, I definitely like, say it out loud and say like, I want you to be my girlfriend. Or would you so, like to be my girlfriend? When do you say it? So, what so, that, are, what are so only when you ask them to be your girlfriend is when you're exclusive. So throughout that's this when entire, you mean it. So you've been yeah. dating for like two months, for example, and you still haven't asked her to be your girlfriend. I mean, she's not. You're still not exclusive to her. It's just a. I don't want to say cowardice about it, 
<laughs> but it, it is a form to me it is a form of cowardice it's like if you really cared about that person if you really thought you wanted to have a relationship some portion of your future to share with them then why wouldn't you say it why keep it so hidden because if you're not putting it out there right for them to overtly and noticeably understand you're kind of keeping one foot out of the door when you don't verbalize it you know what do you think like do you think that like if you're dating somebody you're automatically exclusive no, I, in general, I have like these things called check-ins where like I will check in with a person and see how things are going. Um, even before we get the, like to the exclusivity thing, like when we're getting to know each other, like I'm like, okay, so is this something you want to, you know, be, be doing? And so I think like definitely, like Ed said, like just talking about it helps me a lot. Because yeah. I'm not about mixed signals. I'm like, you tell me what you want. I'll tell you, you know, let's work this out. So I think yeah. like, um, I definitely have like checkpoints. Like I want to get to know them and like, have like emotional physical intimacy like um and not like just sex but like in general like um and so then and then like once I'm like ready I'll tell them and like or I'll ask them I'll be like so how are you feeling so definitely like phrasing it out is what I do communication communication no I I agree with both of you like I I would like I would obviously like you know if somebody that I was dating like I would like it if they only we're dating me too because it's like oh that means he likes me just as much but I have learned the hard way that just because we're going on dates and like we're doing like just because we're dating does not mean I does not mean yeah he's like he could be dating other people and vice versa like I also I mean I'm not the type to do that a lot (laughs) lot, but (laughs) (laughs) but um it's like yeah just because we're dating doesn't mean that he is like just exclusive to me and like like just because I'm dating him doesn't mean that I can't date other people until and unless we have yeah we've verbalized it and he has told me or asked me to be his girlfriend or like you know or asked to be exclusive and I think that Mm -hmm. also saves a lot of the miscommunication that could happen from not telling each other right like so what Mm -hmm. if we're dating for four months but this entire time we've not explicitly asked one another to be exclusive with each other and then at the end of four months for example, say he finds out I'm da- I was I dated somebody like the f- first two months of the relationship, and yep. he's like, well, "Why didn't you tell me?" Or like, "Why? How could you do that?" You know, like we've been together for four months. Like I thought it was going somewhere. It helps with clearing misunderstandings that that type of stuff can bring about. Because you could be like, "We're not exclusive, so you are open to dating. Up, you are open to seeing other people. I'm open to seeing other people." But of yep. course, yeah, if it's with people that you know you're vibing, and sometimes you. Sometimes when you know, you know, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. if it's like early or whatever, early in quotes. And you just know, okay, I, I don't have eyes for anybody else. I just want to see you. Like, just, like, be very, what do you call? Yeah, communicative with that. And, like, very open with that. And, yeah, just put yourself out there. And Because in the long run, it just saves all of this miscommunication that could arise from it. Yeah. But so now we have, like, some more questions specifically for our guest And for our listeners, um, I'm asking these questions to Edmund because these are things that he and I have actually talked about in the past. And, um Edmund's a player, so I think he has, <laughs> he's got the knowledge, you know, we're just trying to educate ourselves out here, you know, um, so Edmund, what's, what's the standard, like, hookup etiquette, like, what's the standard, like, walk me through the process, explain what a hookup is. Oh, so a hookup is just that you have sex, right, that is, mm-hmm. that is, that's all you want out of this, Okay. is sex, you're not looking for, <laughs> you're you not looking for anything long-term, you're not looking to eat this fish, you're looking to pick it up and cast it back out, right? Oh, okay, commitment-free, just physical. Exactly, exactly, mm. that's how I interpret it at least, but okay. yeah, so first and foremost, I would say being upfront. 
I have told girls in the past before we even started anything, it's like, I'm not looking for anything. Right. Mm -hmm. I've, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've had a girl ask me once, so what are, so like, what do you want to call this? And I said, I really don't want to call this anything because I don't want this to be a, I don't want this to have any sort of inkling of a relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And it can be brutal. And it's mm -hmm. something that not, if I heard it myself before I even said it, it would hurt me, mm -hmm. but it's something that needs to happen. Cause I'd rather hurt you now than lead mm -hmm. you on to an even bigger hurt. Right. Then why don't you just say, then why don't you, you can still label it, right? Just say, this is just like, we're just casually having sex or whatever. Like, this is just a casual hookup. That's what it is. If you want to put a label on yeah, it. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I just laid out before, before I, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes it's just one time. That's it. But it's also like, if someone says like, what do you want to call this? They're like, they're thinking of more like, oh, what kind of relationship? Like, I feel yeah. like it's a more serious tone. It's not like a, is. you know, for people who are just like looking to hook up, like it's like a one and done. They know the another another big one. There are types of people that you hook up with, right? Where there are people that are strangers, and then there are people who hook up with their friends or people who they have they some, mm -hmm. yeah, who they know, who they have some form of. And, and this is a, this one is tricky because you have some form of of a bond with them. Not that it's it's going to get anything serious, but that you do care for this person before you started hooking up with them. And in spots like that, one is you don't owe anybody an, an answer or an explanation, right? She it's doesn't like if owe you anything. She doesn't owe you anything. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like for guys too, it's like if a girl asks, like, so are you hooking up with other girls? It's like, you don't need to tell her that. It's like, mm -hmm. that's none of her business. You're not mm -hmm. her girlfriend or you're not my girlfriend. I'm not going to tell you who I'm seeing or who I'm not. You could also just say, yeah, I am seeing other people and leave it at that. Or I don't have to answer at all. No, oh. sometimes though, like I ask not because like I'm invested in you, but because I'm like, are you like carrying around STDs? Like, oh, are, are you, you clean? clean? Yeah, like, you know. So oh, I yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, definitely do that too. That's another etiquette is get tested. Mm -hmm. <laughs> get tested. <laughs> get tested. Be yeah, safe. no, if, some, if somebody asks if you're, it's different if somebody asks you if you're active as opposed to somebody who goes, are you, are you, Tell are, me, you yeah. like, are you hooking up with people like right now? Because there's, I, I guess it's just, maybe it's the inflection that's used or the intonation that's used. But one asks, like, I need to know about, you know, safe, safety reasons, like, mm -hmm. let's use a condom, let's do this. And then the other is, like, I want to know who else you're seeing other than me. Mm. Oh, right? okay. The, the more you see okay, what I'm saying, it. yeah. And then I and yeah, I think yeah. I think you can get that vibe when you're speaking with them in person, and when mm -hmm. it's it's you can hear those little tone mm -hmm. inflections and mm -hmm. whatnot. You don't owe them like an answer. You owe them an answer when it comes to things that might concern their health. Mm -hmm. but you don't owe them an answer in like your backstory, your life. It's like who are you going to go see today? Like, you don't owe that. But if they are somebody that you cared for before, and I found myself in this situation where, you know, hooking up with strangers is different than hooking up with somebody you know, right? Mm -hmm. Because that person you know, you, you might have told them about your, about your life story before. And mm -hmm. so they have a sort of investment, not that they want to take it seriously or anything like that, but that they do have a bit of an investment in you. So what he's I saying is like, like yeah, like girls that know you're a whore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's it's more like if they're if they're a friend or somebody that's just more than a random stranger whom you yeah. are have like some type of relationship, and by relationship I mean like you're an acquaintance with them or you're a friend, you know, um, yeah. where they're respect. Then like give them an answer in the sense like if they ask if you're sleeping with other people, say yeah, I am, but you don't have to give them the nitty gritty details of who you're sleeping yeah. with and how many. Yeah. Like if yes, it's somebody, I, yeah, if it's somebody that I that I picked up last night or 
you know, somewhere random. I've never met them before. We don't share the same friends. Even if we did share the same friends, like it's a stranger. Mm-hmm. Is, I, I don't need to tell you anything I don't feel comfortable with. Right. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, I don't need to, you don't need to know who else I'm seeing. You need to know that I'm active, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to know who else I'm seeing. It's like, you don't need to linger. But I mean, usually if, usually the girls that I hook up with, they're, they're not too, not, not oh, too, no, well, no, they're well, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> they're not too overbearing, overbearing. Okay. So, so sometimes I'll, I'll say, yeah, you can sleep over if you need, or I'll mm-hmm. drop you off home. That's another big thing. You know, I, I think if you're, if they're, if they're not far, if it's not out of the way and you have like something like a car, like I have a car, I don't mm-hmm. think it's a bad idea to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Um, Wow, you're this is the nicest fuck buddy. I know, I know. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't think it brings me to my next question, which is so yeah. what's the difference between that? Like what's so I think what I'm asking here is what's the difference between a fuckboy and a player? So you know, right? Both in some sense are gonna play you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if if that's where player comes from, right? They're, in some sense, they're going to play you. One, I find, is more respectable than the other. I find that a fuckboy is somebody that, my sister calls me this, but <laughs> Shuba calls me a player. Um, yeah, for the record, a, for the record, I think Edmund is a player, not a fuckboy. Mm. I, think it's some, I think a fuckboy is just somebody that doesn't give that person the respect that they deserve in their position, if I'm yeah. making any sense, right? Because, and you're a stranger, let's say you're a stranger and I meet you, I'm not going to be a dick, okay? I'm not going to say, oh, uh, that, that dress looks really, I don't know, big on you, whatever. I'm not going to be a dick. And I think the same rule applies to the people you're hooking up with. And that's a stage in whatever, like, I guess, detached relationship you have with somebody that's intimate. And I think people deserve the respect that comes with that. Between a fuckboy and a player is one gives you respect. The player is gonna is gonna ask you like, "Hey, how how was that for you? Is this something you'd like to continue doing?" They're gonna be upfront with you. Mm-hmm. I think ah. a fuckboy isn't gonna be upfront with you. I don't think they're gonna tell you that they're gonna call you back or that they're oh, okay. that yeah. this is right. They they they're they're guessing in their heads like, "Ah, yeah. man, I don't know if I even want to do this anymore." But I'll bounce and then see what happens. So basically, yeah. a fuckboy doesn't have a heart. His dick is what beats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. that's why this is why because like Edmund was like I would I would drop somebody home that I hooked up with I was like yo bitch you're not not every so sweet that, yeah right mm-hmm. I think only players do that because they respect they have res- they treat you with respect so it's like yeah they well use, but they they still treat you with your respect because like yeah if they were a douche like an actual fuckboy then they who they would probably just be like all right I'm done leave now now being yeah. a player gets you into trouble and this is where I said in the beginning you're going to get played because mm. I do these nice things, not because I'm wanting you, not because deep down I want you to come back. I just think it's just the respect, the respectful thing to do. Mm-hmm. But be- because I do that and because I do something respectful afterwards, there's usually a hope that, oh, something maybe this can, can be more. <laughs> yeah. And that's when, yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. that's when you get played. why would he why would he do this such a nice thing for me like clearly he cares Mm -hmm. and it's like i i I want you to get home safe i don't want you to Mm -hmm. you know i don't if i had guests over who i've never seen before it's like i want you all to get home safe oh you Mm -hmm. you were drinking a bit much i'll be the designated driver okay (laughs) players i think look at it more objectively where it's like i'm not wanting 
I'm not wanting you any harm, but there, yeah. there's definitely not something coming out of this, right? Yeah. I just, like, and if I we are going to continue, then... Like, that's where your communication comes in, right? Like, if you make it clear in the beginning, like, even though you are nice, like, it's expected from the girl that, like, girl, you know where you stand, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Like, he, he said that he's not looking for anything. He said this is nothing. He means it. But yet, yeah, yeah, she hopes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no. Nope. On that note, we're actually going to end the episode here. We had, you know, so much fun, like, a lot of fun talks and... Um, so much so we're actually going to make a part two so stay tuned to listen to the rest of our conversation feel free to follow Edmund um, on Instagram at Edmund with an O not a U underscore Clark underscore official he has a meme page egoist underscore almond and then follow his theater company uh, Cup of Hemlock Theater on Instagram Facebook and Twitter as well and please make sure to follow us at underscore keep it spicy and as we always say keep it spicy y'all yours truly XX <laughs> <laughs>